Welcome to Module 1 of English 637, Studies in African American Literature. In this module, we will explain tips for the writing assignments, the pedagogical approach, and key periods, themes, styles, terms, and seminal articles we will be discussing. Finally, we will discuss the period of the vernacular tradition and focus on the spirituals. To be successful in this graduate class, complete all required learning activities, readings, and assignments. Do close reading. Use the discussion board feature of Blackboard to participate in discussions with your classmates about your ideas. Research your topics. Write polished critical essays and submit all assignments in a timely manner. Apply the writing process, which means you need to spend a good amount of time to plan, draft, revise, proofread, and edit your written submissions. In addition to your textbooks and instructor, Liberty University offers several resources and services to help you succeed. These include the Online Writing Center, which provides free tutorials, free tutoring, writing help, formatting resources, handouts, PowerPoint presentations, and other writing aids to assist you as you complete your writing assignments for this and any other Liberty University online class. You also have access through the Liberty University website to scholarly online databases and other online sources available through the Liberty University Library, www.liberty.edu backslash library. Online help from a reference librarian is also available. Be sure to take advantage of these resources. Also note the following helpful hints that would help you acquire not only good writing skills, but also good grades and skills you can transfer to the workplace and to civic life. First, avoid glaring grammatical errors in all writing assignments. If you are unsure of anything, get a good handbook to refresh your knowledge of grammatical rules. Second, follow directions. Don't just listen to the audio component of the presentations. Read all the slides as well. If the guidelines state to write a 5,000-word paper, do so. Next, plan ahead. As the age-old adage goes, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Furthermore, take time to proofread and edit all written assignments. Find and correct errors before the instructor does. Review the grading rubrics for all writing assignments. Finally, thou shalt not steal. Do not plagiarize. Plagiarism is the use of others' words, ideas, and order of thinking without giving credit within the body of the essay, as well as in the references or works cited list. Note that all written submissions will be graded for grammar and style, as well as content, and to receive an excellent grade, a student must demonstrate a reasonable competence in organizing an essay on a set topic, developing ideas logically and systematically, supporting these ideas with the necessary textual evidence, documenting all sources correctly, and writing grammatical sentences, avoiding such common mistakes as spelling and punctuation errors, comma splices, run-on sentences, sentence fragments, and faulty agreements. Most importantly, this course is taught from a Judeo-Christian perspective, and you are encouraged to not just research the literature, reason through it, peruse it from many angles, and ultimately decide if your interpretation is right or wrong by proving it adequately, but to also interpret the literature from a Christian worldview, from a biblical or Christian approach. Integrate biblical truths in discussions and make Judeo-Christian principles the basis of your arguments. Why? Meditate on the scriptures on the slide. What is the source of knowledge? What is one asked to do to be successful? 
Apply this truth to this course and to your education in general. Okay, now it's down to business. In this class, we will be using a historical and thematic intertextual approach to discuss African American literature. We will discuss the following literary periods chronologically. The vernacular tradition, the literature of slavery and freedom, the Reconstruction period, the Harlem Renaissance, the era of realism, naturalism, and modernism, the black arts movement, and finally, literature since 1975. Note the corresponding periods in mainstream American literature. Knowledge of these, as well as their definitions, would be helpful to you throughout this class. The historical approach, however, will do more than just divide authors and works into time periods. We will work comparatively between and among periods to great effect, and will focus on major themes, especially the themes of bondage and freedom, migration, the city, the family identity, and orality in writing. Most of our discussion will focus on the repetitions, responses, revisions, and revivals of these major themes within, between, and among periods. As well, the language, styles, symbols, characterizations, settings, and preoccupations of African American writers, such as Afrocentrism versus Universalism of African American literature, will be analyzed. Texts will be drawn from all genres, vernacular or oral genres, nonfiction, and especially autobiography, essays, poetry, fiction, and drama. And the works would be by major authors such as Douglas, Equiano, Jacobs, Wheatley, Dubois, Washington, Johnson, Chestnut, Dunbar, Hughes, Hurston, Cullen, McKay, Brooks, Wright, Baraka, Morrison, Walker, Gaines, and Angelou. As with any graduate class, we will read and analyze seminal African-American literary theories, pedagogy, and critical material. Let's wrap up this presentation with a discussion of the vernacular tradition. The term vernacular refers to what has been appropriated into the African-American literary tradition from the oral traditions derived from indigenous African languages from oral traditions of any genre that were composed, performed, and, at least initially, transmitted orally during the slavery era, from the context of performance, and from oral traditions already translated or transcribed into English. Such features include songs, talking drums, ceremonial chants, blues, jazz, jokes, dozens, proverbs, riddles, folk tales, the antiphonal call and response styles, and the rhythmic, repetitive, digressive, and formulaic modes of language use. This is the oral discourse to which then African American slaves returned and reclaimed as important components of their linguistic consciousness. The vernacular discourse was mainly influenced by pre-colonial African poetry, which was a song, performance, or lyrical composition. Its purpose was functional as well as communal, and was used for specific occasions, its style was lyrical, characterized by performance, audience participation, call-response, repetition, rhythm, long catalog, and parallelism. In discussing the spirituals as a genre of the vernacular tradition, critics have focused on several things, such as carryovers from African traditional poetry, on the parallels with Israelites in captivity in Egypt, 
on biblical stories such as Exodus and Egypt and Moses, on faith in God or devotion to Judeo-Christian principles, on deep spirituality, on allegory, on signifying, and doubleness and duplicity, or the way the slaves imbued scriptures with additional layers of meaning. Texts had a double meaning, a double entendre or agianoida, which means a spoken phrase with two meanings, a more obvious one as well as a deeper coded message. For example, swing low sweet chariot may have signaled an arrival on the Underground Railroad. Steal away to Jesus may have announced an escape attempt. God's going to trouble the water may have cautioned runaways to travel by water to confuse bloodhounds. Other critics have focused on the themes of bondage, mortal pain, trauma, suffering, faith in divine deliverance, and other socio-political themes such as freedom, both literal and spiritual in the context of struggle, rebellion, flight, migration, and escape. Consequently, their analysis foregrounds references to all kinds of movement in the songs, by chariots, trains, gospel ships, and even by foot. An important additional theme of identity can be derived from the formal or stylistic features of the repetitive and formulaic modes of language used in the spirituals. Carefully review the spirituals and identify some or all of their stylistic characteristics. Which ones stand out? Which one of these is predominant? Repetition is obvious, but what is repeated? God? Old Testament references? Images of suffering? Parallels with the plight of enslaved Jews in Egypt, death wishes and yearning for heaven, for home. Consider the importance to the slaves of the parallels they found between their experiences and those of the Jews described in the Old Testament. They drew parallels between themselves and enslaved Jews. Positive outcomes of this included slaves' self-conception as children of God and perception of their experiences as a repetition of the Jews' experience in the Old Testament and as a symbol of the individual Christian's journey to heaven. Ponder the ironies in the spirituals, especially the paradoxical idea that the slaves' distresses were not signs of rejection by the Lord, but rather special evidence of God's concern for his people. Thus the spirituals thematize a genuine religious experience as well as a coping strategy that turned a dehumanizing, degrading, horrible calamity into a hopeful experience. The use of repetition and parallels with enslaved Jews is important in other ways. First, the tendency toward long catalogs of seemingly irrelevant repetitive material made audience participation possible. It made it easier for audiences to join in in a call-response fashion. In addition, it served as what Egbert J. Baker calls reinstantiation, a continuous state of activation of a name, phrase, or word so as to evoke one's relationship to the stories and heroic deeds associated with it. Repetition, therefore, rescued the name and acts of God from the forgetfulness that results from his absence from people's consciousness. In other words, repetition made God a constant source of hope for the slaves and constantly reminded them of who they are and what they mean to God, that they are God's children, that he would deliver them, that they have a hopeful future with God. By recurrently alluding to God and drawing parallels between themselves and the enslavement of the Jews, the slaves use the spirituals to vicariously claim a distinct cultural and spiritual identity as the children of God. 
As the critics Ram Har and Catherine Belsey argue, language, after all, is not simply a bag of utterances. The person that we are depends on the language which we speak. Language, in an important sense, speaks us. Har's and Belsey's statements become culturally significant when considered together with the post-Sussurian idea that culture is analogous in many respects to language, that it is inter alia language that makes possible the constructing of identity and a world for individuals, and of differentiating between them. This theme of identity creates positive self-conception, self-definition, and self-realization. Its underlying principle is that one achieves identity when one realizes who he or she is and moves to actualize that vision. Through the spirituals, the slaves value themselves in ways different from those established by others. They use the spirituals to establish their own positive identity as children of God. We all have heard a lot about slavery, about how slaves were treated and defined as chattel, as property, as savages, uncivilized, and as persona non grata. But the question is, how did the slaves themselves value, perceive, and define themselves in ways different from those established by others? And how did that self-conception enable them to cope and overcome the dehumanization of slavery? Through the spirituals, they used biblical references to formulate a positive self-conception about themselves. Thus, the theme of a spiritual such as, Didn't my Lord deliver Daniel, is not just bondage, freedom, and deliverance, but also the slave's self-conception as no ordinary person, as no chattel, but as God's precious child. This representation of self transforms the slave's situation to one of hope, confidence, and imminent victory. They transformed themselves by the renewing of their mind, that they may prove what the will of God is for their lives, that they are valued human beings created in the image of God. Such adaptation of positive self-conception subverted and reversed the dominant dehumanizing effects and perceptions of slaves. It created a counter-discourse that reversed Eurocentric misrepresentations and negative stereotypes into positive ones. As the Eurocentric discourse of slavery included refusing the self-worth of the slaves, denying their value as worthy human beings, the very act of using the spirituals to present a contrary opinion, one that asserted a positive identity of the slaves as God's children, became not only a politically subversive act, but also a spiritual and cultural act of creating a distinct voice and viewpoint. Thus, spiritual, cultural, and political themes almost always become part of the immediate message of the spirituals, and so free them from negative stereotypes. Spiritual, political, and cultural commitment bound to the quest for emancipation often took two forms. Within the texts, in the speaker's quest to reclaim their God-given identity of which they had been deprived, and within the act of singing itself, which was a cathartic avenue that singers continually used to remind themselves of who they are. From the foregoing, one can argue that spiritual, political, and cultural identity of the slave is, therefore, the essence of the spirituals. It is not a question of religion, politics, and culture being an influence on the spirituals, or the literature possessing elements of the three. Rather, religion, politics, culture, and literature form an integrated unit. This integration is a crucial characteristic of the spirituals. 
And it is this integration of spiritual, cultural, and political commitment that causes the slaves, and even some modern critics, to perceive the spirituals in sacerdotal terms, useful only when in religious and social-political service of their Christian religion, their race, and their culture.